2020 has been a roller coaster, leaving many without jobs as a result of the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast is geared toward people who are in the middle of a crisis, worried about their money or their debt, know someone with these worries, or want to learn more about good financial habits that apply in both good times and bad. Hello, and welcome to Protecting Your Finances. My name is Karen Booth, and I'm the founder of Engage Forward, an education company and lifestyle company that's geared towards helping people improve their lifestyles. Today we have with us Heather Culp, who's a commercial litigation and bankruptcy attorney with Essex Richards, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. I also have Kim Edwards, who's a retired e-commerce executive in Boston. Kim is fortunate enough to retire before the age of 40. Today we wanted to follow up on a conversation that Heather and I had started over a year ago at the very beginning of COVID and wanted to basically follow up and share what we've learned throughout the time as well as to basically address additional issues or things that we've seen over the last year. And I wanted to start us off with an article that I literally just read this morning. The title is called Americans' Debt Soars to $14.6 Trillion in Borrowing Binge. And this conversation is meant to, it's meant to be a dialogue. So you'll hear from Heather, Kim, and myself throughout. And hopefully you'll be able to pick up some information that will help you in your own space. So one of the things that they t- the article speaks to is the fact that Americans are officially borrowing more than they ever have and that consumer debt has soared to $14.6 trillion in the first three months of the year. Even as credit card balances have notched their second biggest decline on record. It also talks about the fact that student loans are increasing and the housing market has low and ultra low interest rates right now. There's a great amount of auto loans as well as people are returning to pre-COVID-19 spending habits. So I just wanted to throw those pieces of information out there. And last we spoke, Heather, it was we, we talked about how people sh- um, should manage through crisis with COVID, with their savings. But it seems like they're spending now more than ever, right? And adding it onto their credit cards. And as an attorney a bankruptcy attorney. I'm just curious, what have you seen through your doors at this point in time? Well, thank you for having me. It's good to continue this conversation with you. And it might help for context to say that this is July of 2021. Things can change pretty quickly. We're obviously, I guess, reopening the economy is is the lingo um, as more and more people are vaccinated. And mask mandates are dropping, at least here in North Carolina. People are out and about and I think probably letting their hair down a little bit. I know a lot of us really weren't able to do very much over the last year or so. And it feels good to have a meal in a restaurant or take a small vacation. Just get out of your little pod. What I have personally observed among my clients over the last year and have read a lot about anecdotally is how the moratorium on federal student loan payments has made a big difference in people's lives if they do owe educational debt. 
I think probably most people who have student loans through the Department of Education know that last April, there was no more requirement to make any payment. Interest stopped accruing. Of course, if you wanted to pay, you know, you were welcome to do so, but there was no application process. You just didn't have to pay. And payments, at least as I understand it, are going to resume at the end of September. I've just seen and heard a lot of people, instead of making that $300,000, $500,000, $700,000 a month payment on their student loans, they're using that to pay down their credit card debt. They're using that to pay cash for a car, a used car. They're using it to pay cash for a wedding. While I think in some respects that's useful, it kind of supports the argument about how it would help the economy if we really did do something on a systemic level to relieve student loan debt. I also pause a little bit, makes me a little bit nervous because at least the way the law is now and has been since 2005, really student loan debt doesn't ever go away. Whereas there are ways to deal with credit card debt and, and other types of consumer debt. And the other thing I, I think I would say, and then I'll give everybody else a chance to pipe in, is I've certainly noticed that everything is more expensive. I feel like my, you know, my grandmother, <laughs> some days my grocery bill is higher. I tend to buy the same things over and over. It's really noticeable how a lot of just everyday products are more I have not bought a car recently, but I understand that inventory is is hard to get because of delays in computer chips and things like that. There's just a lot of factors, I think, combining to put us where we are, where maybe it feels really good right now, especially with interest rates staying very low. But as you and I have talked about before, you can only kick the can down the road so far. I definitely agree with that. Kim... What about you? Like from your perspective, what resonated with you from the things that I shared before and basically from your experience in the last year? Sure. I'm also very engaged in the stock market now. And so I, I kind of hear a lot of this more from a macro perspective as I follow the market. So yeah, to echo some of what Heather was saying, I think like, for example, cars seems to be a third of the inflation that we're seeing overall from the stats I've heard. And that is both a shortage in, in used cars, but then also, as, she, as, as Heather mentioned, there's a chip shortage for new car production that's really cranking that down. So there's just an overall loss of supply there. So I think once we get through kind of that phase, which it sounds like the chip shortage is actually pretty close to, like that supply chain seems like it's flowing pretty well now. Hopefully it's, you know, as, as Jay Powell, our Fed chair, always says, hopefully this is transitory. I'm actually surprised when I look at the numbers for food, I feel like the food inflation numbers look like they're in low single digits. The one thing that's always struck me through this whole time is I always love this like New York strip at Whole Foods. And the price of that went up 50% when the pandemic started. And it's gone up even more. So it's currently twice the price it was just before the pandemic. So I've actually stopped really consuming steak, which kind of sucks because I like it. But <laughs> but there's different trade-offs there that have happened and occurred because of this. But both Janet Yellen and Jay Powell think this is transitory and that you know maybe by next year, things will be kind of back in check to a, at least to an ongoing level that we can kind of manage to. Yeah. And I think the, one of the key 
phrases that both of you use was supply, right? Supply and demand. And I think that's been a huge part of what's driving, especially like when we talk about the auto, it's it's not even just auto loans. It's like when I think about the fact that a lot of people stop traveling by plane or public transportation, most people want to use an automobile. And so either they're trying to buy one or rent one, like you can't even find one from an enterprise car rental. Just a quick snippet of a short story. Like, so recently, unfortunately, I was sideswiped in a car, my car and I was in a car accident. And while my car is in the shop, I had to go to a car rental location to get a rental. There was basically no options. The only two options was a Beetle or a convertible Camaro, which neither one of them was something that I was used to. So as we speak, I have this convertible Camaro sitting in my garage. (laughs) But that's to show that there's really very limited supply to meet the demand. And, you know, we're talking about summer travel. People are getting back out there. They're choosing to drive. So those are the things that's driving how much is being spent. The other thing I will add is in regards to the amount that's being borrowed and as far as on credit card, you know, a lot of people stopped using cash, right? They don't want to, they won't want to interface with the cash because, well, for one, the idea that maybe you're transitioning the COVID as you transition dollars. So everybody's using either their credit cards or their debit cards and they're, they're looking to put it on there. The challenge with that is, are they paying it off as fast as they are putting it on. So Heather, did you have something you wanted to share on that? I did. I'm raising my hand, which is rude. No, you're fine. The other thing that may be contributing in a perverse way to the first quarter stats that you were mentioning is the government has put out a lot of money this year to individuals and families. A lot of families were eligible for a $1,400 stimulus payment for each head of household and each child. And then there was an additional stimulus. And I know that the federal unemployment benefit combined with the state unemployment benefit meant some people were making more unemployed than they were actually making while working. So that's something that we as bankruptcy lawyers, and I'm a bankruptcy trustee here in town, have had to sort of sort through is understanding that while a family of five, for example, may have $10,000 in savings, which is more than we generally see for people in this situation. Most of it is government support and they're squirreling it away, you know, for when they really need it. And the other thing is I read this morning that the first round of $300 a month childcare payments are, are going, are hitting bank accounts. I know they hit a bank account of a friend of mine yesterday and she did a little happy dance. So an extra $300 a month can make a real difference to people. So it, it will be interesting to see if we rely less on plastic and credit going forward. Thank you for letting me put that in. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I also think that I guess the concern I have is are people pushing the uh, challenge of paying certain things off down the road? So for example, yes, there was the stimulus that was given out earlier this year. But the reality is the $1,400 probably only covers one month mortgage, right? Then what do you do after that? And so how are people covering their monthly expenses? 
So as they're using their credit card and they're buying things, whether they have the money or not, and it's interesting that it's the credit card and not the debit card, right? So those are two different forms of, of payment. You can put it on the debit card that comes directly out of your bank account and there's no, no additional interest to be paid or no additional you know, pushing that expense down the road, but they're choosing to put it on their, their credit card. And that's the part that concerns me because they're accumulating debt at a much faster rate than ever before, basically, according to this article. And Kim, I didn't know if there's anything else you wanted to chime in on this, this subject as well. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little bit of a spin from what you guys are talking about. But on, sure. on, in terms of credit cards, what's interesting is one of the tips I usually give in talking to people about finances is if you don't have like a spending habit issue, I actually recommend everyone put everything on a credit card because it gives you a really good record of what you're spending. When you're spending cash, you lose a lot of visibility as to what you're spending money on. And when you think about your budget, I think a lot of people think here's like the budget, but they don't account for like one-off things. Like every few years you need a new computer or clothing, maybe you buy a lot of it all in one month. And so it's not equally distributed. And so I don't think people do a great job of knowing here's my budget and am I keeping to it if they're not having that nice tracking mechanism that you get from a credit card. Now, I also like you need to pay it off every month. (laughs) I just like the visibility that it gives. And again, I know some people like will use a credit card, like they have a habitual challenge with that where cash makes more sense because there is an X amount that you can use. But that is one of the tips I would give most people is if you don't have that issue, at least it gives you a lot of transparency as to what your actual expenses are on a monthly basis. You can look at year end, total year and see it, what your actual monthly expenses are. I will be honest. I am one of those people who tends to have trouble using a credit card responsibly and wisely in that fashion. I just get busy and I focus on other things and I get tired and then I'm surprised, (laughs) not in a good way. So for the last year or so, I have been using a Dave Ramsey product and it's free and it has been revolutionary for me, I would say, to tag on to what you were talking about, Kim. I mean, I'm looking at my categories here and I'm saving for travel. I'm saving for my stepdaughter's wedding. I should say my husband and I are saving. We are saving for the tires that we know we're going to need later this year. I have a little line item for every single thing because adulting can be hard and there's always something that comes up. And I'm so far, I have really been able to pay cash for what we need. And I know that I'm fortunate because, you know, I have a lot of privileges and I have a good job and a good education. And some some people are not so fortunate, but just as far as naming your dollars and taking control of them and where they go, this app has been great for me. And I know there are a lot of similar products out there. That's great, Heather. And and I love how you introduced like an alternative perspective with that, right? Because there are many people who are not in a position or who that's not their necessarily their skill set to do. I actually am 1000% with Kim in regards to how to use a credit card effectively. And I think the key there is, is knowing your spending habits. And that's where 
I do agree with Heather that there's many people who don't really mindfully know how they're spending their money. That's not their focus. As far as people using their credit cards, it takes knowing how you're spending, but also making sure that you're sticking to a budget. And I think that's a good segue for us to go into our next topic. So I want to thank you ladies for being on with me today and look forward to our next conversation.